where do I start then after that with my end of year campaign? If I've got a completely blank slate, um, besides other tell, than just call Monica. Oh, I, other than call me, yeah, because I don't know if I exactly call myself a campaign planner, except for this one really big one I do every year. Um, I do help people with their marketing, though. Okay, so um, <laughs> the the first thing I always do before any campaign is I take inventory. And what I mean by that is like everybody is starting where they are, right? You might have all these ideas about how you want to promote something, but the only resources that you have are the ones that you have, right? So mm -hmm. I think that people should look in their pantry for the things that they can use to market their campaign right now. And I mean, because that's how you uh, don't blow your marketing budget. You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast, brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier, so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com. Because good causes deserve better results. Now... Here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver, brought to you by Yachtme, the virtual events platform 100% free to nonprofits, and PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kev Kayat, and we are now in season four, so make sure to dial into the growing back catalog. We've covered lots of problems and issues. Just a quick reminder though, you are actually the nonprofit problem solver. My guest and I are trying to make your job a little bit easier by sharing practical, tactical expertise that you can put straight into action, as well as raising awareness about our featured nonprofit. This podcast was recorded live, as it's always been, and you're invited to join the live recordings every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Register at nonprofitproblemsolver.com. You can find me at kevkayat.com as well as Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. Join the Nonprofit Problem Solver Facebook group and the Nonprofit Problem Solver Club on Clubhouse to join in live discussions with a dizzying array of nonprofit experts to get practical, tactical advice on being the best nonprofit entrepreneur you can be. December is a big month for most nonprofits in terms of donations, but how do you know you're making the best of the giving season? What plans do you need to have in place and how far in advance? This episode, I'm speaking to marketing expert Monica Pitts about the support she provides to nonprofits in planning their end of year campaigns. It's never too early to start, of course, but it's also not like you're starting from scratch. Dust off what works, repurpose things that have resonated with your donor base, and decide who's doing what. And don't forget volunteers at having some seasonal fun with peer-to-peer -peer projects. Monica has great advice for small teams with limited resources, as well as those hoping to build and grow their end-of-year campaigns from previous years. Before we hear from her and how to get her end-of-year checklist and other resources, let me give a shout-out to this episode's nonprofit partner, Journey to Esquire, who supports women and people of color to get their law degrees and pass the bar. Support them at journeytoesquire.com.
Welcome, everyone. We are live on Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast. This is episode 49, believe it or not. And I am live here with uh, Monica Pitts, and we are going to be speaking about planning the end of year campaign. Yes, it is that time already. Uh, just give me a moment to thank my sponsors, Yachtme, this virtual events platform that we're using. Also, PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. And our nonprofit partner this episode is Journey to Esquire. That's a Florida-based nonprofit that supports uh, black and minority uh uh, lawyers, student lawyers to get through law school. Uh, and so if you want to look at their uh, website, juniortoesquire.com, hope you can support them. Uh, a modest donation will uh, help not just contribute to the scholarship fund, but will also help the uh, mentors support the students and meet with them on a regular basis. So it's a great cause to support. Uh, and thank you um, for that partnership. Okay, Monica, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so before we dive into the end of year campaign, I know there's a lot of uh, topics and issues that you cover. Tell us a little bit about your your background, your role in nonprofits and any programs and uh, offerings that you've got to share. Well, um, my name is Monica Pitts and I'm located in Columbia, Missouri. And uh, since 2005, I've owned a company called May Create Design, and our primary stream of revenue is website design. So we do a lot of website design, and then we also do consulting and online marketing for people and all the little weird graphic design things in between, right? Because people need that stuff. And so we primarily serve nonprofits and construction companies. And the way that we actually, we've always had a philanthropic heart, we've always given, um, artwork and marketing pieces to nonprofits since our inception and a discount, which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but about seven years ago, we were approached by our local com community foundation and they said, hey, we want to bring together all of our communities, nonprofits and run a big year end giving campaign through the month of December. That year end giving campaign, we call it Como Gives. Last year, we raised with, I mean, like it's, I say we, because it's like a collective effort, right? So um, the campaign raised $1.6 million for, um, for 142 of our local nonprofit organizations. Wow. So my role is to do the marketing and to train people how to run their year-end campaigns and also to administer this website that intakes all of these donations. Um, so yeah, we started training our local nonprofits about four years ago in an effort to boost their year-end giving um, results. And it's worked really well. We grow every year. And and I'm I'm just like empowered by the activity of teaching them and then like seeing the results directly through donations. Um, so as far as offerings go, like right now, you can always check us out on the Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose podcast because we're always giving free tips and advice there. And we also have our um, year-end giving checklist for free right now that you can download on maycreate.com. And also, we will have our three free Giving Tuesday email templates that we used to raise like $70,000 last year. <laughs> um, and so we're giving those away too. Um, so you guys are welcome to check any of those resources out. If you go to makecreate.com and click on nonprofits, there's a resources tab for you. That, that's great. And, and your podcast comes out how often? We publish most of the time weekly. Occasionally we skip a week. Um, 
But yeah, most of the time it's weekly. Yeah, I know how that is. <laughs> um, great. Thank you so much for that. Um, now, this timing. Uh, so obviously, if you're listening to this later, you can listen to this anytime and end of year comes around <laughs> sooner than than we think. Um, but but when when you and I um, tried to decide exactly what we were going to focus on, the, the timing sort of shouted out because it's, it's actually September 1st today. Uh, and it's and this is the perfect time to start planning for the end of the year. Yes, absolutely. And like for our year end giving campaign um, that we help run with the Community Foundation of Central Missouri, like we start back in May. And because there's so many parts to plan for all these nonprofits and get them onboarded and ready. So it's I mean, I know that not everybody needs to start in May, but we do. <laughs> right, right. But you, so you can't really start too early, can you? You can't be over prepared. Right? Absolutely not. It's like a. um it's a magnifier effect. So all the things that you do build on each other, right, in your marketing and um, in your relationships. And so I don't know if you're ever not working towards a campaign, right, whether right. it's your end giving or something else. So if you if you haven't yet started your end of year campaign, two two questions I want to I want to start off with. One is how long does the actual campaign last that you are preparing to run? That's the first question. So is that a, is it really like a month of December thing? Is it the last six weeks of the year? Is it the last quarter? Does it vary? How do you leverage in those uh, Giving Tuesday type events that are there available for everyone? Can you explain that? Just, just answer that one first. Yeah. Well, I have kind of an interesting opinion on that based on my experience running a month long giving campaign. I think, I mean, so. Before I give you my like my honest to goodness answer, I would say that it all depends, right? It depends on when your big events are. It depends on how much bandwidth you have as an organization, like what your team looks like and what you can and can't do. What I heard a few years ago from a lot of my smaller nonprofits is they were just straight up freaked out by the idea that they were going to have to campaign for a full month because they were not just campaigning and asking they were also having to run their nonprofits. And sure. so like their full-time jobs became double-time jobs and they were like, whoa, we can't do this. And so um, now when I run our year-end giving campaign, I know when the money comes in because I see it. And so I benchmark our activities as a marketing team and where we spend our money on marketing around three days. So what I tell my small nonprofits or people who are crunched for time or people is that I want you to focus your energy on really two to three days. Um, the first one is Giving Tuesday. Last year on Giving Tuesday, we raised like almost $350,000. So that was like our biggest giving day of the whole month. And there's just so much energy around that. Other people are asking like, philanthropically minded people are already like it's on their radar, right? They know it's coming. So I feel like spend some energy there. Um, also, obviously, like, just, sorry, just to interrupt, uh, interrupt you there. Sorry <laughs> about that. Just, just to put that into perspective out of the 1.6 million that you raised last year in this initiative, virtually 20, almost 25% of that was on that one day. Yes. Yeah. And, and then, is like, that what you would is is that a 
is, is that a, a proportion that you should that people should look to as a as a standard metric like that's that's about how much people should get on giving tuesday if you're going to campaign all month long then i would say giving tuesday is going to be one of your biggest days because it's going to be the first time that you ask generally if you're campaigning for the last month okay. of the year and some people are going to do it right away and and do it and then other people are going to do it all the way at the end of the month because they're last minute humans and so the the second big spike in giving that we see is on <laughs> December 30th and 31st and those two days we bring in about well I'm doing the math in my head right now 360 almost $370,000 on December 30th and December 31st. So that's where that other 20% comes from is those last two days. So I always tell my wow. nonprofit. So half of it, a full half of it is two, two of those days. One at the beginning of the month, giving Tuesday is the beginning of December, isn't it? Yep. Yep. It is. Well, it's the last day of November this uh, year. It's the last day of November this year. Right. But it's usually around the first of December mm -hmm. uh, and a good launch launching point for a lot of end of year campaigns um, and then right at the very end the 30th 31st is the second big chunk yeah yeah and okay. they do say that like when they send an email or when they do a facebook live they do see a spike in donations personally but i don't see them on our end in that big form except for those three days Okay, so that so you're counting the 30th and 31st as two separate days? Yeah, because I mean, so you'll get, um, I always tell people do your marketing before Giving Tuesday, on Giving Tuesday, and after Giving Tuesday. Between those three times, you're going to get a good chunk of donations mm -hmm. in. And then you'll campaign also like emailing and doing social media and calling and asking on the 30, 30th and the 31st. That's where I would focus okay. my energy if right. I did not have time to do things throughout the month. Okay, so that's so even if you nominally should so answer that first question of how long the campaign really is, what you're saying is you don't want to miss Giving Tuesday. So nominally, it could be a month, but if you're if you're pressed for time or energy or or resources, focus on the beginning and the end of that month around Giving Tuesday and then the 30th and 31st of December. Yep, because that's when people are pre-inclined to give and do things. Okay, that's great. That answered the first question. The second yeah. question uh, <laughs> I had, um, again, just sort of generic uh, question around, around campaigns is the idea of having a clear objective. Uh, and do you, do you recommend or not to have a clear objective in this kind? And if so, what sort of objective and how, might, how is it different from a campaign that might uh, take place any other time of year? Um, I mean, I think you should always have a clear giving ask. People are more likely to donate if you ask them to contribute to something that makes sense, right? Um, and I also think that your ask might differ between people that you have a good relationship with and people that you don't know very well. Because the people that you don't know mm -hmm. very well, they might latch onto a specific concept and be more willing to give to achieve this one thing that you're asking them for. And it can it needs to be simple and concise and straightforward. But then the people that love you, like 
there's certain organizations I give to every year and you, A, you don't have to ask me and B, like, I don't care what you use the money for, you're rock stars, like I'm going to give to you anyway. So it just depends on the relationship, I think. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's useful. Okay. So if I'm a nonprofit who has not yet started planning for the year, uh, the end of year campaign, uh, I got a sense where I I might want to have a, a a branded campaign or a purpose or objective, particularly for newer people or people who's, who I don't have a deep relationship with um, less important for my uh, well-known donors and i want to focus on the beginning and end of december okay so i i got that now <laughs> let's really go right into the, the 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 title itself then where do i start then after that with my end of year campaign if i've got a completely blank slate um Besides, other tell- than just call monica oh I, other than call me yeah because i don't know if i exactly call myself a campaign planner except for this one really big one i do every year um i do help people with their marketing though okay so um <laughs> the, the first thing i always do before any campaign is i take inventory and what i mean by that is like everybody is starting where they are right you might have all these ideas about how you want to promote something but the only resources that you have are the ones that you have Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that people should look in their pantry for the things that they can use to market their campaign right now. And I mean, because that's how you uh, don't blow your marketing budget. It's the same way with food. Right. Like if you went to the grocery store every single day to cook dinner, you would like completely erupt your budget. But if you go to your pantry and you're like, oh, look, here's macaroni and cheese and we're going to eat this with chicken nuggets. All right. Got this. That's just a time a time saver and it's also a money saver so you look in your pantry and you ask yourself like what do i have that i can use right now so that could be anything from last year's social posts or like i'll use some social media examples um last year's emails um social posts that you did throughout the year that are totally amazing what were they about you know you could use those again as part of your year-end giving Mm -hmm. push maybe you don't put them out on social media, again, if you're not careful or if you're not comfortable with that, but you could put them in your emails or put them in their story. Right. And then you can also think to yourself, like, what do I have? Um, I always like to look at processes, right? So um, one of my organizations is the Audubon Society. They have like a hiking trail that people go use. So they put up signs outside the entrance to the hiking trail. That's like, Hey, like, QR code, go donate. It's our year end giving campaign. Like if you love this trail, then donate here. And it didn't cost them any more than printing a sign, but it was a great resource for them. So just looking at the different processes and, um, and entry points that you have to your organization and how can I leverage those to gain some momentum during the year end giving season. So I would say take inventory. What do you have? Um, Yeah. So that would be a good time to, for example, look at the most engaging social media posts, uh, things that you found that have worked in the past. There's no need to reinvent the wheel or recreate all these assets from scratch. No, I always reread them because I want to make sure that our voice is correct, that um, we're asking for the right thing. But you know, cause we always get bigger and, and better and improve the way that we talk about our organizations and what we need from people. So I think you should read it for sure. <laughs> but oh, that doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. mean you need to revamp everything. Like that's 
really time consuming. <laughs> right. You might want to tweak some things, of course. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. but, okay. Yeah. So we start with with uh, with uh, an inventory, as you said. Yeah. Uh, look at what we've got. What assets we got. What can we reuse? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I suppose would the next step, logical step, be then filling in any gaps? Yeah. So you're right. What you would do next is look and say, like, what do I want? Like, let's say that. Um, and like a lot of my organizations have mailing addresses and phone numbers, but they don't have email addresses right now because they've been around for a really long time. So I'm like, all right, well, if what you want to do is start emailing, well, this year your campaign might look a lot like direct mail and phone calls. But for every phone call, you ask people for their email address. And in every direct mail piece, you can say, hey, sign up for our mailing list, you know, like. And then to think to yourself um, throughout the year, how could I get people's emails? Like I always tell the people that have storefronts, like have them sign up for your email list as they're checking out. Right. So just all those little pieces, you just, you're like, hey, what do I need to have? What do I want to have? And then you can use this experience to build that for your next campaign. Right. OK, that's great. So that so you've got uh, um, filling in some of those gaps and then and then what's next? Um, well, I should probably have gone back to the beginning of like setting a goal for your campaign. <laughs> I mean, because the amount of activity that you do is going to be directly relational to how much money you need to raise and the assets that you have. Right. So if mm -hmm. you have a very small pantry, then you're going to have to do a lot of activity to raise even a small amount of money. Right. Unless you've got some really big, generous donors in there that you can call up and ask. Um, but if you have a nice filled out pantry and your goal is just to raise a thousand dollars, then you could probably send one email and get it done and you're good. Yeah. And then if you have a well filled out pantry and you want to raise $13,000, then you're probably going to need to do more activities to get there. Right. So um, yeah. it's based on your assets and your end goal would be how you choose how much work you're actually going to do in your year end giving campaign. And then you again, again, you have to balance that bandwidth that we talked about at the very beginning, um, focusing on the on on the beginning and end. Uh, just is is there any type of organization or any situation that you've seen uh, over the last few years where Giving Tuesday does not have that real? Um, that that effect that 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 explosive um, launch pad for the for the end of year is there? <clears throat> excuse me, anybody for whom it doesn't work well? I can't think of anyone. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a great day of momentum, and it does not hurt to ask. I don't know why you would not. Um, <laughs> even right. if it just okay. brings in a couple hundred dollars, like you didn't have to spend. I, I mean, so like. One example is because I, I was thinking, well, maybe schools, right? Because it's a weird time of year and, and people aren't in school. But I, then I thought back to a person I interviewed on my podcast, Amy, and she runs a, um, or she's the head for a school foundation. And they made like $2,500 or something like that in three emails on Giving Tuesday. And so I'm like, well, I mean, clearly it works. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I just, no, I just got some, I think I've had last year had a sense of um, a few sort of grumbles, uh, you know, it's just on the margins of people feeling it's sort of oversaturated and their donors are being inundated from <clears throat> left, right and center. And, 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 you know, is there a, is, is there not a necessarily an 
anti-campaign, but is there a way of doing something just slightly different that 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 makes you stand out from from this massive of of crowd? And and I don't know whether there is or not. That's a good question. Um, I mean, my experience is with a whole group of nonprofits that are doing it together. And so for us, our message is support your community. And so our donor base is they know they're going to get these emails and that this is the day that they need to do this and they're not offended by it. Um, I would I would just hate to miss out on the opportunity. I mean, that's like, should you start a podcast? Should you start a blog? Should you have a Facebook page? I mean, there's a lot of Facebook pages, you know, so like you have a very specific purpose. You have a specific message. People are philanthropic that day. Just don't write an email that bothers people that stinks. And I think you're okay. Like right from the bottom of your heart, ask from the bottom of your heart. You have the right to ask. I don't know why you wouldn't personally, but it's just right. me. <laughs> so, but, but what, you, what, I, what I hear you saying is that the standard rules apply. It still has to be uh, well-written communication, whether it's direct mail, whether it's a scripted phone call from a volunteer or, uh, or an email or however you are reaching out and connecting to that donor base, you want to do so in an authentic way, which is engaging and interesting and, and captures the mission of your organization. So, you know, all those, <laughs> you know, all, all the tick boxes really for, for good marketing communication still need to apply. You can't Absolutely. just lazily throw it out. So, oh, it's Giving Tuesday. Guess what? We'd love to receive your money. Send here. Uh, you know, it's not going to get you very far. Yeah. The energy in equals donations out. Like every year, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people we have in our campaign that will not, they won't campaign. They just wanted the exposure from it. Um, and then they get a little disgruntled because there's a number of organizations that raise like $50,000 or more in this campaign. And it's because they work it hard and they have every year. They didn't raise $50,000 their first year, but they've done it for seven years and it grows every year and mm -hmm. they try something new every year and then they use what they had last year every year. So it's like it's a growth thing. Um, but if you don't put any energy into it and you don't think about it or craft something that people want to read, then no, you're not going to get donations and you're just going to be kind of static. But, but for those organizations trying to work out exactly how much time and energy to commit. Um, and, and I imagine as you, as your uh, collective of nonprofits grows each year, you get new people in who perhaps not done a whole lot. Uh, what is your advice to them about, how much time, uh, you know, what they can actually get out of it, whether it's a, a really worthwhile investing or not. How do you convince them? Um, well, that's a good question. So I feel like what I would do, well, what I tell them to do is take the things that you would be doing anyway. You're already going to be so like posting on social media, you'll already be doing your newsletter, you'll already be doing your event or whatever you're doing, right? You're all going to, you're going to be transacting with people. So now we're just going to put a focus on Giving Tuesday or a focus on year end giving, right? So you don't have to always increase your activity. You just have to adjust the focus of your activity to like show them this thing. So instead of just posting random whatever stories that you have you would be like thank you so much La you know 
for all this. We're doing great things with your money. This is a great place to invest to make our community a better place, right? And thank them and then lead them into, hey, and it's Giving Tuesday in a few weeks. Um, So it's not necessarily that you always have to do more. Sometimes more is actually not beneficial because your audience just gets overwhelmed. It's that it needs to be focused on this thing that you're moving towards. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would always tell them to focus on the thing that they're most comfortable with to start and then try something, maybe one thing new each year, but don't do all new things. That is just overwhelming. (laughs) Right. Well, for everybody, just to pull pull it off and also for your audience. Yeah. Because they, they, they like that familiarity. But I, I think the, the, another important message I hear you saying is that, it's not a an instant lottery win. It's something that accumulates over year over over time. And again, I think if you're communicating to a an established donor base that is familiar with what a communication from you looks like, they will come to know as part of the cadence, if you will, of communications from you that end of year is one of the things that you do. And getting Tuesday or what have you is 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 important. Uh, and so they'll they'll come to expect that from you. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever have uh, uh, issues around uh, end of year campaign? I know it goes the other way around where people say don't start anything uh, at this time of year or or too early in the calendar year right after end of year because they they want to preserve that that end of year. Uh, gift giving. And so they're concerned about cannibalizing it. Do you ever have concerns the other way around when people perhaps haven't done very much with end of the year and they think, oh, well, we don't want to do too much because then it will take away from other campaigns that we have either just finished or we're, we're finishing or we're in the midst of, or we're about to start later. Does that happen? I mean, we do have a number of nonprofits that will have big galas and fundraisers and stuff through the month of October. And so what I always want them to do is talk about how they're going to do this thing. <laughs> like, Just let people know. Tell, right? tell people in October that Giving Tuesday is right around the corner. Yeah, exactly. And the people that go to the gala may or may not be donating again on Giving Tuesday. But there's a lot of people who aren't going to go to your gala, too. Um, like for so many reasons, right? Um, so just because you're having this event here doesn't mean that you're not going to collect a different group of people over here. And maybe, right. especially for bigger organizations that have like multiple purposes or multiple programs, usually, I mean, your gala, yes, it goes to support maybe multiple programs, but you could focus on one for Giving Tuesday if you wanted to. I think there's a lot of different ways that you could spin it because, um, your audience isn't always the same, especially for big nonprofits. They have a big audience yeah. that gives for lots of different reasons. So maybe you focus your October on one reason and you can focus your Giving Tuesday on another reason. It's okay. Like, I, I can't so you see segment that your base. You know who's attending which events and, and that sort of thing. And the other, the other big one I see that comes in occasionally is the idea of starting a capital campaign. And and how that might interact with annual giving, because it's it's often the same people that you start a capital campaign with who are your your bigger or most reliable uh, end of year annual givers. Um, But let's not go down. (laughs) That's that's another path entirely. Um, Okay, so in terms of of preparing for, for end of year. 
Uh, we've got our, our our goal and our sense of how much time and energy we're going to put into it. Uh, again, with a focus on on either end, we've looked at our inventory, our pantry, what we've got to hand that we can leverage. We might have some things that we want or some gaps we want to fill. Um, okay, then then what 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 comes after that? I start looking at my team at that point. I realize that they are part of your assets, but you have to figure out who's going to fill the seats on your bus to get this done. Or if mm -hmm. it's all you, then you probably should be starting in like June or something like that. <laughs> um, so that way you have time for it all. Um, Cause you have another job, right? Um, right? But yeah, so I would look at my team and I would try to pair like that, the things I'm going to do and the things that I need with people whose strengths lie in that area. Yeah. Um, I find that I'm going to get the best response from people when I ask them to do things that they already like to do or that they're good at doing. That makes it easy, right? Um, so if somebody and you'd comes include to board me, members okay. in that too, of course, wouldn't you? Yeah, because like the other day, I um, had a guy who helps with a lot of fundraising in our community. He's like, "Hey, Monica, will you come and give blood?" And I was like, "He wanted me to be a, a um, <laughs> what did he call it? A high-profile donor." And I was like. I don't know how I ever made it to high profile, first of all, but, but second of all, every time I give blood, I pass out. So the answer is no. Um, right. But every time before then, he has asked me either to host an hour on a radiothon or to do an aerial routine for an event. And I'm like, yeah, OK, I'll do all those things because those are all within my wheelhouse. But I I can't be a high profile blood donor because I won't be awake. Um, right. So right. <laughs> anyway, hearing people with like what they're good at, I think is important. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So team matching, making sure that you've got the right people. Uh, and again, that's as, this is a good way to iterate back to what your assumptions were about the time and bandwidth and energy that you've got. Uh, it, it, and whether you're focusing on, on the Tuesday or the 30th or 31st or anywhere uh, in between, if you, if you've, if you've got a bigger team than you perhaps expected and you can move beyond the giving Tuesday and the dates at the end of the month, are, are there other points in the month that are really good, like right, right bang in the middle, like the 15th? Or, are, you know, is that just too crazy a date when schools are ending and all sorts of other stuff's going on? I mean, we always talk to people around the middle of the month to give them a campaign update. Tell them thank you again, like show them that, you know, things are happening. Um, I also like to talk to people right before they leave for vacation, um, like check this off your to-do list, give before you go. Or like if you can't give monetarily, give the gift of conversation. So he, I give them like a bunch of awesome things that um, were accomplished throughout the year by our nonprofit participants. And I'm like, hey, talk about one of these things at the dinner table. Because this right. is pretty cool. Like, let's spread this positive message. Or all um, these parties you're going to be going to in the next week or the family yeah. members you haven't seen for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk to them about awesomeness. Right. <laughs> um, so those that's things. A great, I think that's a great idea that um, uh, it, you can at the middle of the month, you can update people if you've got the data or at least an indication of how well you did during Giving Tuesday and saying, OK, final push for the. For the rest of the month, um, you can give again or hear some points that you can share. Uh, yeah. I think it's a and great a great tactic. You can bring in like people who are recipients of your service um, or even do it simply. So one of my clients is the um, is an autism center and they do fundraising for 
a research center. So they'll have their like um, recipients of their services make cards and take pictures of them, at, like have a story that might go with the card and, and tell people that throughout the year and throughout the month. So just showing people that, you know, they're making a good decision and investing in your organization, you make a difference in the universe. And I know one thing that we're going to try this year that um, the community foundation director thought of is we're going to have like a mid campaign um, push where we're going to have an award, like a monetary award that we give to the nonprofit who raises the most amount of money in like this specific amount of time. So it's like a three hour window in the afternoon and we're going to go on Facebook live and we're going to be like, Hey, whatever organization earns the most money in the next three hours gets an extra thousand dollars from us. Get it. Um, so that's kind of a fun idea too. Like if you could have a donor who has matching funds or with a lot of connections, that's willing to campaign in the middle of the month, you could definitely build some awareness that way. Yeah, that was, that made me, that's exactly what I was thinking is, is matching, uh, is, is, uh, how successful is it end of year to find, say, a corporate match or a board member or a you know key donor who's prepared to do a certain amount of matching? Is that a is that have you found that to be an effective tactic in end of year? Yeah, certainly. Um, especially if it's a person who has a philanthropic like friend base or um, family base. So what I would say there is go and look at the people that usually donate at this time of year for you. If you have those records and be like, okay, well, this person donated a thousand dollars. Well, they were going to donate a thousand dollars anyway, (laughs) really again, probably this year if they've done it every year. So you could reach out to them ahead of time and be like, Hey, on giving Tuesday, can't, would you be willing to match donations? And you know, then you can give them all the things that they need to be, uh, you know, a successful, we call it peer to peer fundraiser for you. You could invite them on Facebook Live. You can give them exactly what to put in the email. You can give them like the exact right. post, social posts, you know, just like you do with the podcast. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great idea because they're probably going to give anyway. And then that gives you some more momentum. Right. OK. Any. um any other tactics like that that you find that work for to fill in between the beginning and end of the month? Like, so we've, we've covered matching uh, a, a communication to update on Giving Tuesday and, and, and make that last push, providing bullet points for conversation. Uh, any, any other things that you train your nonprofits in that have that extra time or bandwidth? Um, we do a lot of encouraging for peer-to-peer campaigns because they have such a limited staff to work with. And so when they spend their energy managing their um, volunteers who are running their own campaigns, they end up with additional people that they would have never met before. So they're building out their donor list and funds that they would not have had before. So we try to encourage people to find peer-to-peer campaigners who will do challenges or who are like um, willing to, some of them, you know, do matching funds, but then others will do cookies or a recipe or something that people really want from them. Right. Um, So one gal raised, I can't remember, like, I want to say $5,000 last year by letting people pick um, if they donated Two hundred dollars. They could pick what color she dyed her hair for a month in the next year. Wow! 
And she was going to dye her hair those like colors anyway. So she was like, this is easy. And then, you know, she was posting on Facebook with trolls and stuff like that. And it was really cute. But that campaign helped that organization maintain momentum throughout the month because she was talking to people. So if you can kind of strategically have your volunteers put in some effort in different times of the month, then you can keep the momentum rolling if that's what you need to do. If you have the bandwidth. It will give you a lot to report upon as well, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Lots to report upon. <laughs> Lots of data to sort through and figure out. And Well, I'm just thinking just social media posts, you know, like this person's doing that person. That's, you know, a lot of ways of getting in front of eyes and, you know, in a, in a fun and engaging way. Mm-hmm. Um, would you recommend that this is a good time of year for people to do uh, merchandising sales because it's a giving season anyway um, with Christmas, Christmas and Hanukkah or the end of year with like calendars and those sorts of things? Are those generally successful or or not not necessarily worth the money? I think it depends on what your merchandise is. Like if it's a great gift thing, then you could do it. But I also feel like. Um, And I actually just did a podcast with this with my friend, Jamie Friedrichs, because she's a fundraising coach. And so she's like always all about, you know, definitely thank people. And you can give them the tchotchkes as thank yous, but you don't have to give them the tchotchke to get them to donate. Um, And a strong year end giving campaign, in her opinion, is not based around premiums. It's based around the awesomeness that you do for your community and the people that you serve. So if you are running a year-end giving campaign and you're asking people for monetary donations without a premium, then I would not I would not confuse the message by also sending them like an order form for mugs or t-shirts. Right. However, if you're not going to do a direct ask campaign, then maybe you do a you know a campaign selling a gift and it, and it all depends on what your organization is right like if um like one organization yeah. i work with is all about sustainability so they could be selling a sustainability living kit you know and that might be a great christmas present but um if you're the pednet organization that is all about biking and trails that's going to be a little harder to connect during the winter in Columbia, Missouri. So right, 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 right. Yeah. Again, these are, these are all ideas that need to be reflecting your mission, your donor base, the way that you engage your community. It can't just be some random uh, pick from a hat to, sort of to add to our campaign. Uh, yeah, that, that, that won't work. So you know, we're still, we're the sort of idea generation uh, stage. The, the, the last thing we wanted to cover is whether this time of year is any good for encouraging the recurring monthly donations or if that's a if that that that's you know again not a sort of just confuses the message no i mean i think that you can make your message whatever you want it to be um a lot of like two of our highest earners do their membership drives through our website So they are doing like this annual membership drive that starts through our website, um, through the Como Gives year-end campaign. I think that you just have to be clear in your message, right? So it's not about like, I don't, I don't know if there's a wrong way to ask. You just have to decide what are you asking? Don't make it too complicated and, and, you know, go forward. So if you want to do mugs, 
And so mugs, that's your ask. If you want to do um, like perpetual and like monthly giving, that can be your ask or just give a donation. That could be your ask. I think it's fine. Right. Okay. So there's different ways of doing it, Mm -hmm. but it's, but there, but it's the, this time of year is not a problem for um, encouraging those recurring monthly donations for the, for the year ahead, for example, if you can incorporate it into that messaging. I think you can ask for donations the way that you want to ask for donations. However, like I have not tested the monthly giving thing during this time of year because our campaign is all like in this month long window. Right. So there is no recurring giving going on in my universe. And that's why I was asking about the about the confusing of the messaging. If, If you're if you're really talking about an end of year, it's here, it's right now. You know, it, it can you can see how it could you could confuse the message if you then offer, uh, you know, monthly monthly donations. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you send them to a page and a lot of people will actually that has the ability to give monthly donations or a one time donation, that can be their decision, too. I don't think yeah. it's bad. I mean, you could be like, you know, give the gift of um, whatever all year long this year. starting right now with $20 a month, you know, it could be, it's however you present it, I feel like. And if it doesn't work, by all means, don't do it again. Right. (laughs) Right. It's a lot. You got to be willing to experiment. Is that, is that then I think um, just in sort of pulling, pulling this to a a gentle close as, as you train um, 142 nonprofits. Uh, obviously, you don't have to train them all every year anew. But as as folks come on and they learn and, and, and grow and so so on, is is this idea of experimenting and trying something new one of the one of the key lessons of end of year? Um, yes, I, that, like for a lot of people, this campaign is the experiment for them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like in like because it's their first year. Um, but most of our organizations return year after year and they build on that. Um, I, I'm, I'm stumbling, but I just got done interviewing like six organizations about how they ran their campaigns last year and what they did and what they didn't do or, you know, how they wanted to get better. And most of them said that they always try one thing new if, and just check it out and see how it goes. Um, so I do think that it is kind of like, you know, getting your feet wet with any campaign though, right? It's not just year end giving. Anytime you're going to do a campaign, you can try a thing new, just don't do everything new <laughs> right. or you'll be in a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Now you've got, uh, said you started uh, the conversation uh, with, uh, notifying us about some resources that you've got. Can you remind us what those are and, and how to get them? Yeah. So right now we have available our year-end giving checklist, which is free. It's out on makecreate.com. Also our free, free giving Tuesday email templates. Those are available to you as, as well as a lot of other resources. Like they're out at makecreate.com underneath resources and they're free. And then, um, This year, we are opening up our year-end giving training that we're doing with our local nonprofits to anybody who wants to join us. So it is a paid event 
And this year we're gonna cover strategy, peer-to-peer fundraising, reviewing your data to make marketing decisions. And we have templates and schedules for social media and email marketing. (laughs) And then we'll have support days. And so that is $49 for the event in the early bird. And then it'll bump up to 69 after that. So it'll be fun. And there's already 150 people signed up. So (laughs) When, uh, when is that training? It will open up on October 19th. And then it'll run through and be done on November 16th is our last like live support day. So it's like you have your on-demand stuff and your live support stuff. It's kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah, good. Okay, so uh, we'll make sure to uh, promote that. And your uh, uh, advice is always available via your podcast. Oh yeah, Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose. And we have a Facebook group where we post when the podcasts go up. So that way you can not forget or get an email. It's it's there. <laughs> and uh, aside from Facebook, what other uh, uh, social media do you like to use that people can find you on? Well, personally, on Instagram, you're going to see me like twirling in the air and like dropping from the ceiling. So if you like that kind of thing, you can check me out um, <laughs> at, on Instagram. But um I'm also on LinkedIn and we do have like a a trickle on Twitter, but most of our energy I would say is on Facebook right now. So if you want to like direct message me, I would direct message me on Facebook because I probably won't see it most other places. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Monica, for taking us through how to think about the end of year campaign. Uh, Lots and lots of uh, detail. Uh, And of course uh, the the training you've got uh, upcoming I'm sure will be uh, really in depth and and highly valuable. Uh, let me just say thanks also to uh, Journey to Esquire as our nonprofit partner. Uh, check them out at journeytoesquire.com and help uh, some aspiring law students get through their degree and get through their bar exams uh, in Florida. Um, that's been uh, episode 49. Uh, thanks everyone for joining the nonprofit problem. Uh, Problem Solver Podcast. We're here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast. My guest today was Monica Pitts, who you can find at maycreate.com. This podcast has been expertly produced by Glenn Munoz at PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Go to podproaudio.com. You can join Future Conversations live by visiting nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. For more information, visit kevkayat.com. Because good causes deserve better results.